Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, a eh, Howard? Quint. I went on my trip last week. I know, you did I'm not die. I'm here to tell you. I know, I actually didn't do anything crazy this time. Whatever. Which is sad. I have a new Roman Empire, and I really want to talk about it. I don't know what a Roman Empire is. You haven't heard this? Okay, no. pause. I mean, I do know what a Roman Empire is, yeah, but well, I don't okay. know what your Back Roman up. Empire would be. So, is this have a you new heard that expression? Language? This is Never. a new language. I'll culture you here. So, Roman Empire, apparently someone like posted something on TikTok or something, and they were like... You know, I think about the Roman Empire like once a week. You know who posted that? The guy originally? Who, no. Andrew you, Tate. How do you know that? Because I've seen it. I'm a social oh, so media guru. Oh, so you already know what's going on. Yeah, but I didn't know. I've not okay. ever heard it. You should. You should. I'm gonna just. Okay. I'm gonna just caution you. Uh-oh. That that you should fully research <laughs> where this is coming from and who this is coming from before you adopt it. As your as my vocabulary, I'm just going to caution you in that. But now that you have made that connection, I get it. Something you think about every day. Yes. Even though I firmly believe I most men. This was the context. Yes. Yes. Most men do not think of you don't the think Roman. that's true. Not at all. Because <laughs> I saw a lot of not different that. things around that time where men were like, "Oh yeah, I definitely do." Yeah. No. No. That's a bunch of crap. But you don't. Not at all. Zero. When's the last time you thought about the Roman Empire? Three seconds ago, right now. Well, okay. Before that, (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure I saw a gladiator clip maybe. I mean, I was in Rome like four months ago. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe I thought about it four months ago, but no. But anyways, my point is, I caution you, young one, (laughs) be very careful of who you adopt before you, you know. Kind of like Rome, Rome, ancient Rome, found in London, Paris, Syracuse, Cologne. Okay, well, my Roman Empire, anyway. Something you think about every day. Something I think about every day. <laughs> Ice hockey. Oh, yeah? Since I went to that game last week, I've just... thought about it 14 times a day. That's awesome. Because Like, you want to play know, it? No. Like, you want to oh, skate? Oh, my gosh, no, I would die. A puck? I'm terrible at skating, okay. for one. No, I think about how bizarre the rules are, because I knew nothing about hockey mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. going in, so I watched a two-and-a-half-minute YouTube video mm-hmm. explaining the rules. I was mm-hmm. like, that will give me the basics. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that, you know? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I didn't know the whole penalty box thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen hockey? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know? And then you get free. So I grew up near Buffalo, so, Buffalo yes. Sabres. They won the Stanley Cup while I was growing up. I never really got into it, though. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Because, so the guy gets the penalty, right, on the other team. Which, we got a penalty you wouldn't have even known because the whole stadium just, like, didn't pay attention to it. But when they did, they, like, it was, like, shame. <laughs> and they, like, stopped the game and announced the penalty. And then everyone in the stadium in unison while they put his picture up on the screen, said, Cheaters! Never! Win! And got <laughs> so excited. Nice. But I didn't realize, and this is amazing to me, you can't make a substitution. So when they're sitting in the penalty box, they're you're down just a down man. a player. Yeah. And they what? could be down more than one. Absolutely. How is that? Oh, I mean, how, I get how that's penalty. allowed. <laughs> but like, being there's no other sport that you just simply don't have a player for a while, mm. right? Score! 
You might be right on that. I'm sure somebody out there is thinking about you know something, but no, there's that. I don't think not there that is. I can think of. Of not course, I, I don't know a lot of the. Bizarre I mean, if you don't have sports. eligible players on a basketball team, you could play four. Yeah, but if everybody follows that, would out, be a pretty. It'd be a. It'd you'd be have crazy. a lot of players like foul out for mm-hmm. that to happen. Yeah, or you're just short. I mean, every once in a while you hear about a high school team that played with four players and whatever. yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not like hockey where you could have multiple. But it's players. like a professional. There's like 15 people on the bench ready to okay, come. Okay, so I'm like, going to throw something out to you that's going to just rock your world. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Miracle on Ice? Yes, haven't seen it. But it's you a movie, understand right? what it is. Yes. You have to see it. Another if you, movie on If the you list. are think no, no, no. <laughs> this is this is gonna bump everybody out there and driving or listening to this right now, regardless of where they are, is thinking the same thing that I am, which is if you are now thinking about hockey consistently and you're fascinated by the sport, you will be absolutely enthralled by this movie. Do you know the premise? Not really. United States Olympics back in the, I guess, the 80s, college kids, okay? We played college kids at the time. Our Olympics, you know, until, I mean, whatever, maybe 20, 10 years ago, I don't even know what it was. We always played collegiate athletes. If they mm-hmm. were pro, they were not eligible. And we won the gold, and we beat the Russians to do so. And that is the end-all, be-all. And it was located in Lake Placid, New York, um, not far from where I grew up. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing movie. How long ago did that happen? I want to say, I'm going to just throw out a number and people are going to laugh at me. I want to say 84. Okay. I literally have no idea. I'm going to Google it, though, while while you're... playing this next question and then i'll come back to everybody all right let's go to uh first of all we got to go through uh this episode and all episodes sponsored by jewel financial visit us on the web j-o-u-l-e financial.com many of you are doing that we love it we love getting an inquiry ah this is my situation you know i got these unique stock options i don't know when to exercise them i don't know what the tax ramifications are you know etc or we've been killing it in our business is there ways to save taxes you know, oh, I've moved jobs. I've got this 401k. I don't necessarily feel comfortable managing. I mean, all of these things we get inquiries about. We set up an, a, a time to meet. We do a Zoom. I'm typically on that Zoom. Logan, Allie, whomever else is, you know, kind of in and involved or needs to be involved in that is involved in that process. And then if we can help you, look, we say, okay, we can help you. And we set a roadmap and a, and a kind of a, an objective and what we're going to try to achieve together and so forth. If we can't, we just need to point you in the right direction. We point you in the right direction. But if that's you and it's this time of year and you're thinking, you know, this is a good opportunity to meet with somebody. Uh, and again, there is no boundary geographically. We, we, we do not, uh, we work with now people in almost all states. So feel free to reach out again. That's J O U L E com. Uh, check us out on social. That's DIY Money Podcast. We've got a lot of fun things going on on there. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Quint Tatro. All right, we got a question from Amy. I'm going to just assume, I mean, Minnesota, so I'm assuming she's at Lake Vermilion. She's probably not, but that's now my new favorite place. That's something I think about regularly, probably not every day. But Amy, what do you got? DIY! Hey, DIY Money. My name is Amy from Minnesota. I have a question in regards to self-employment and saving for retirement and taxes. My husband recently changed careers and is now self-employed. He has a 401k from his previous employer in a Vanguard account. We know roughly how much he will be making each month. 
What is your advice on continuing to save for retirement while being self-employed so we don't fall behind? Also, should we be putting away anything to save for taxes? I don't know much about self-employment taxes, but we don't want to be surprised when that time comes. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Really love the podcast. Thank you. Oh, Amy, I am so glad you sent this question to us because I can vividly remember after my very first year of being self-employed and thinking I was being so studious and saying, oh, you know, I was in a 20% tax bracket or or probably even lower. And so I'm going to take, I think it's probably safe to take 20% and put it aside Every time I I got compensated or I made some money or what have you, 20% of basically profit. And ultimately, I was, you know, just starting. I wasn't paying myself. I was just trying to get through the month. I mean, it was just, you know, kind of pickaxe getting every inch of the way you possibly can. However, I ended up in that first year doing okay, not great, but I did have some profit. And boy, did I get a rude awakening when I learned about this little thing called self-employment tax. Now, I'm going to let the CPA talk about all the particulars, but I will tell you that it is paramount, I mean critical, to do two things as you are starting this business. Number one, in my opinion, and again, I'll let the CPA talk about the particulars, but I would personally say, and I say this to a lot of people, peel off 30%. 30%, not 20 30%. If you have excess at the end of the year, great, after you pay your taxes, etc. But 30%, every time you have a profit, meaning income minus expenses is profit, everything that you're expensed obviously is going to have a deductible uh, component to it. Most part of it, most of the time, it's all of that expense. Sometimes it's not. You need to be aware of that, which leads me to number two. You need to find a good tax advisor to be part of your team. Early, early. I think this is absolutely critical. When somebody starts a business, you're going into the business to be successful. So you have to act as if, even if that first year might not be great, but that's okay. But if you're set up correctly and you're doing the appropriate things, then you don't have to come back in a few years when you are successful and go, oh, crap, we should have done this differently. We should have done this. We should have done this. And don't just get your cousin who happens to be a tax person or took a few night classes you know, to, to get accounting. Uh, nothing against that. I'm a convicted murderer who provides sound financial planning. Go out. Try to find a good either CPA or business tax advisor, hire them, ask them their fees, you know, et cetera, and, and understand why is that important so that not only can you refine what you're putting away. Remember, I just said 30%, and that's going to at least keep you safe, but ultimately, you're going to have to start making quarterly payments. Well, what are those quarterly payments? Where are those quarterly payments going to come from? What is the best retirement account to set up in this small business, et cetera, et cetera. So again, number one, immediately, in my opinion, 30% of profit set aside so that you can avoid these, these you know, new and interesting taxes you're about to deal with. And number two, get yourself a good tax advisor to help you make sure you structurally set this up. I mean, I'm going to talk our own book here a little bit, but I'm here to tell you that if you don't necessarily have a good tax advisor in that arena, this is the perfect 
kind of thing to reach out to a firm like ours and say, hey, we're setting up this business. You know, what are the things I should do to structure this appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the thing that our firm could help you out with. Again, I don't normally give an internal kind of answer uh, commercial, but this is a good example of that. If not here, find someone in your local area and, and put that person in place immediately. What say you, A. Howard? Those are great two rules of thumb. That's kind of the overall picture that I was going to paint. I'll get a little more in the weeds because I think it's important if you're going to be self-employed, as it is with normal taxes, it's important to kind of understand the basics. And then as it gets complicated, then yes, I absolutely agree, Quint, to hire a CPA who understands all the nuance to help you find those corners that you can have some tax savings and things like that. But So what essentially, I'll just do kind of a 50,000-foot view of self-employment tax and how it's different from regular tax. So you talked about this a little bit. So there's a FICA taxes. If you're employed, you essentially split those taxes with your employer. So they're going to withhold Social Security from your paycheck and Medicare, and then your employer is going to match essentially those. And in total, it's about 15.3% of your earnings. And so a lot of times people don't even think about these taxes because they're already taken out of their check. They don't think about them ever again. So you're just paying your ordinary income tax on your wages. When you're self-employed, the way the government sees it is not only are you paying your half of that, you're also paying the employer half because you are the employer. And so what they do is when you file your taxes, whatever net earnings you have, so your profit number They'll take, and there's a little bit of a calculation, but it comes close to 15.3% of that, and that is what you have to pay for self-employment tax. So that's one component of your income. However, you also have to pay your ordinary income on that profit as well. And so in the same way, if you made wages and you would put in your W-2 statement up at the top and have to pay ordinary income, you'd do that same exact thing in addition self-employment. So I think 30% is a decent rule of thumb, depending on what tax bracket you're in um, and depending on the extent that you are self-employed and how much money you're making and things like that. So that's kind of what I'll say on the overall basis of self-employment. The best way to do this is instead of waiting till you get that tax bill at the end of the year and paying a penalty for not paying enough, as Quint said, get a CPA or you can find you know, some math and run the numbers yourself and make some estimated payments throughout the year. You just send in a little voucher to the IRS and to whatever state that you are paying taxes in, if that applies, and make those throughout the year. If you're not sure what to do or it gets really complicated, that's when it's really important to have a CPA. And as part of preparing your tax return, if you are self-employed, they will set those up for you for the next year. So they'll print out little vouchers, you put a check with it, you mail it in, and as long as your income is about what they're projecting, that will get you pretty close. The other thing that's really important about finding a CPA as you're self-employed, and I like your advice, Quint, to do that early, so that way when those tax opportunities arise, you're on the front end of it and not kicking yourself, why didn't we do this three years earlier, is to really have someone who understands the full picture of not just your self-employment income, but your other income too, and how to manage those things well. And then the other aspect of this, which I'll kick it back to you to kind of talk about a little bit, 
is understanding your self-employment retirement plan options because that's a lot of times the biggest benefit that you can get in being self-employed and having that income. So, Quint, I'll kick that back to you. Talk a little bit about that and why a CPA is important. Well, if that's true, I'm really in trouble. This is why, yeah, this this is a great transition. Why, and and won't go too far into this, but I would say there's different levels by which you need to evolve your retirement savings and your retirement planning. Uh, you're starting a business. Now, let's let's say that you were at a company. I see this a lot. You know, we have a lot of people that are at Toyota around here and they get they garner a skill and contacts and they go into their first year of a tool and die company and they just kill it, right? I mean, they they already are well known for what they do. They have contacts. It's almost like it's almost like a subsidiary of of a auto company or something like that. So, there's two types of startups, right? Somebody who is clearly going to go into business and immediately in year 1 they're going to have significant income. They can jump through a lot of the preliminary retirement steps and they might move right to a SEP, a simplified employee pension or a 401k or something along those lines, depending on the structure and the size of the business. However, when you're just getting started and you may not have that you know, immediate income and you're just trying to kind of get through the day, a lot of times it's just a matter of continuously contributing to your traditional IRA that you might have outside of your business or your Roths or something like that. However, once you start to garner some profit in the business, a SEP might make sense a simple IRA is also an option. And of course, there's the standard 401k. So why it's so important to have this team in place is that as you grow, as your business evolves and grows, you're sort of doing these steps along the way. So often, people come into us, they have had a very successful business for many, many years. They still have in place the most basic rudimentary tax sort of retirement strategies and savings, et cetera, that they had 20 years ago when the business was a fraction of the size. And, and I know what happened. I don't even need to pour salt, and I don't even ask the question. I know what happened. They had a local guy or a whatever gal, and they got these few things, and they never worried about it again. They paid their taxes. They went on. Maybe they had a question. They called up, but they didn't plan. They didn't do the planning ahead of time. Then we go back and we go, okay, let's go ahead and change some of this. Let's restructure this. Let's make sure you're getting the maximum benefit. And the reality is, I don't say this in a meeting, but the reality is, I wish they would have come to us 10 years ago. It would have saved them a ton of money. It could have it could have helped them tax-wise. It could have helped them savings-wise, investment-wise. So hopefully, Amy, we've shed some light on a lot of different things. I think right now, the minute you start listening to this podcast, you look at your husband and say, are we going to be profitable? Well, then we need to start putting away 30%. Like That's number one. That's going to avoid the freak-out moment come you know March when your taxes are done and you're going, I'm sorry, we owe what? So that's number one. And then number two, you're going to start to find and build your team to get the particulars of this so that you can plan accordingly. We wish you the best of luck. I always wish people would tell us what their businesses are, like what they're doing, because I'm always curious. So whatever your husband's doing, uh, I wish him the best of luck in that and uh, nothing but success. And again, as you build your team out, um, I think that will help you a great deal. Anything else to add, Allie, or are we wrapping it up? Let's wrap it up. All right. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Oh, by the way, it was 1980. Allie oh, looked yeah. it up. We 1980, Miracle on Ice. I thought it was 84. I was pretty close. That was really close, yeah. yeah. Uh, check it out, Miracle on Ice. If you haven't seen it, you're listening, you have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, my goodness, one of the greatest sports stories of all time, certainly in the U.S. 
All right, remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.